What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Of course, we are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, it was an interesting uh, postmortem today as Kevin Stefanski and a number of the players spoke after yesterday's loss. Uh, that was not a lot of fun to the Buffalo Bills. There were a lot of questions that came out yesterday. A lot of fans. Uh, I know on our show, we're pointing the finger at Joe Woods. They're pointing the finger at Kevin Stefanski. They're wondering, you know, what's going on with his team? Has he lost the locker room? I mean, all of those questions that I think fans were thinking during the game yesterday or two days ago now um, are coming to the forefront right now. And and your thoughts, it was a yeah, – I, I thought the beat reporters asked every right question and they got very little answers from Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We asked the questions. We got no answers from Kevin Stefanski. So (laughs) Kevin Stefanski goes from, he morphs from Sergeant Schultz to Frank Drebin. I know nothing to nothing to see here. Please disperse. (laughs) I mean, that right? (laughs) With a little Wilson. Yeah, and if you missed any of it here, we got a couple cuts for you. So let's start with this one. He was asked directly if it's time to make some staff changes. All righty, well, cue that bad boy up. All right, here we go. Is he going to consider a staff change in season? I'm going to say yes. Here you go. Let's see. My focus is on us getting better. My focus is on us getting a win versus Tampa, playing good offense, playing good defense, playing good special teams. That's where my focus is. So let me put that in the Kevin Stefanski, Sergeant Schultz slash Frank Drebin translator. And that's a no. Negative, Ghost Rider. We're going to keep doing the same crappity crap we've been doing all season. So, no. Daryl, you think he's got pressure coming uh, from inside the building or the inside the building? They're just like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Deshaun's coming back in two weeks, and this all really isn't going to matter if Deshaun can win. Well, let's find out. So, Kev, how are those conversations with Jimmy and D and JW like these days? Focus on, on this week. We meet every week with ownership. They're here every day. So great conversations throughout the day. So we're all frustrated. I get that part of it. But again, focus is on this week and what we can do this week to go 1-0. I got to tell you, my favorite question at the press conference was asked by, let me check, Daryl Ryder about Paul D. Podesta. 
<laughs> and what his role is and what's going on <laughs> with the Browns yeah. offense. Well, first of all, take me behind the scenes on the question. Why did you ask it? And then we'll talk about the answer. Well, I mean, I, I did go on that little tangent in the postgame pod about, you know, how they have all these smart people in the building trying to have an intellectual advantage uh, on game days. So I just kind of want to know what the hell Paul Podesta does these days. You know what I mean? Like he's making a crap ton of money and the team sucks. And like the game plans don't look all that great, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive game plans, well, at least for the first 15 plays, they look pretty good. Then it goes to hell after that. So, um, I mean, that's it was just a very diplomatic way of asking, you know, just what the hell does Paul DePodesta do these days? Um, because, you know, a, a having a chief strategy officer, which, by the way, the Browns, I think, are the only team that employs somebody with that title. Now, every team has an analytics department or a data department, whatever term you want to use for that. And I right. want to be clear, I'm not poo-pooing analytics. I'm not poo-pooing data, okay? I'm all, look. You're you're talking to a guy uh, when uh, he played in high school would take any hit by pitch and any walk he could get just to get on base. So he that's because you're a second. team player. That's why. Oh no, no, I I needed every intellectual advantage I I I, I could get <laughs> because I couldn't hit with bleep. So the only way I was getting on base is if my ass got hit or I drew a walk. <laughs> uh, so, um. You know, so I'm all about having, you know, advantages and being smart, uh, uh, you know, trying to outsmart the competition. The problem is right now, I just I don't feel like the Browns outsmart anybody. And I, I go back to some of the comments that were made by uh, I think it was Miles Garrett. Uh, I, I to be fair to Miles, I don't want to point. I, I think it was him, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But, it, it, you know, he someone talked about after that Dolphin game how it felt like the Dolphins were a step or two ahead of them all the time. Yeah. Every time they'd make an adjustment, the Dolphins were ahead of it and ready for it and able to kind of uh, shut it down. So that so that that was really like the, the reason I asked the question, because it's like, well, you know, uh, you win 11 games your first year in the middle of a pandemic where you had every excuse in the world for it to be a complete unmitigated disaster. You've won 11 games since that year, uh, over two and a half seasons now. Uh, the team is terrible. They're playing like they used to play long before you got here. And so it's like, all right, well, where are all these advantages you guys are supposed to have? And, 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 and that. So um, it wasn't meant to be snippy or snide or sarcastic or anything like that. I, I, it's why I led the notebook off with it today that, that uh, I wrote for the website, because it's like, you know, Paul DiBatesta is kind of a, a, a big piece to the pie. When they brought in uh, Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski and gave them five-year contracts each, they also extended DiBatesta five years so that he was in, he's in line with these guys. And quite frankly, if you fire Kevin Stefanski, um, yeah, I think you have to fire Paul DePodesta too. Like, I think you just have to move on. You just have to turn the page. Yeah, and I, you're not the first person to say that, you know, that's, that's a philosophical change, right? Well, and he's well, the one that wanted Stefanski here in the first place. And, and, and the win percentage since he's been here has been absolutely crapola. And even if I take away the one in 31, all right, it's still crapola. Okay. They've had one winning season with him here. They have one playoff victory with him here. You know, the expectation was one in 31 would equal sustained success. Well, they're back in the crapper again. They, they, they have sustained losing again. Now, maybe Deshaun Watson's able to come back and change that next year. But this year, this season shot with all due respect to, and, and, and again, I, 
I've become a real big David Njoku fan. I'm not afraid to say it. I, I wasn't a big fan of his early in his career. I was real tough on him. I didn't like the kid's work ethic. I, 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 I thought he spent too much time preening for cameras and dancing in practice and all that instead of fine-tuning his craft. Well, the last three seasons, Njoku is one of the hardest-working players on this team. And so I have tremendous respect for the guy. He, he has earned my respect and my admiration. So now I, I'm a really big David Njoku fan. I don't understand what the guy has to do to get a potential touchdown pass thrown to him in the end zone. You know, the, I, I, I didn't know that Farrell Brown all of a sudden was a big red zone threat for the Cleveland Browns. And he's getting, he's getting these red zone targets and dropping them. And Njoku's not getting them, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So that, that's kind of why I went down the, the deep pedestal rabbit hole. Because, A, I went after it in the postgame pod. And I thought it was important that I, since because I got after it in the postgame pod, that I today, uh, in addition to go at, going after Joe Woods, in the zoom call, uh, get, you know, getting on the D Podesta thing, I thought was important to, uh, to get Stefanski on the record. And Stefanski said, yeah, Paul's big help during the week, whatever that means. Well, I gotta tell you that we had a couple calls from listeners today who were like, why is Paul D Podesta working on the game plan during the week? Isn't his job just to hand information to say, you know, it's probably more logical or more, uh, more advantageous to run this sort of play or to do this on fourth down or to do that or that to be an advisor, not so much a play caller. And like the fans that were listening to well, then I Kevin think when he said that today, they thought that like Kevin's calling the plays. Yeah, I'm sorry, well, that Ball's calling the plays. Yeah, and I think that's a little overboard. Now, I agree with you. I don't think that I, in the moment, Paul D. Podesta is not calling the plays. 100%. And here's the thing. He is the chief strategy officer. So I could see him saying, hey, uh, you know, uh, and one to go situations, Jacoby Brissett is 98 point, whatever, you know, whatever that percentage is. Right. So you probably should go ahead right. and call QB sneaks there. You're going to get the first down. You're going to keep the drive going. That is right. Or, um, Hey, I did notice no, that's on, a good example. Right. I, I did notice on uh third and seven, you run this play. I've seen it. I, I I've seen it X amount of times. You've had this success rate. That's a pretty good bread and butter play for you to use against the defense that you're going up against this week. That because to me, when you say chief strategy officer, that's what that is, right? You're you're bouncing ideas off of the coaching staff of what you think might help them or and, and stuff like that. That doesn't mean that he's dictating anything to Kevin Stefanski in the way of instruction, in the way of play selection, anything. He's he's just saying, hey, you know. This is, as I explained, these are things that I think would work. And, you know, there you go. And you do with it what you feel is best. So I, I just, yeah, Paul DePodesta is not in these meetings drawing up plays on the whiteboard and, you know, offensive and defensive schemes and, and stuff like that. That's a little, that's a little overboard from the fan perspective. So got to kind of make that pretty clear. That's not what's happening here. All right, if you like what you're listening to, download the podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland, and uh, you know you probably found it on the Odyssey app. Tell your friends about it. We want you to download it, and that way you can get a little bit more on the Browns, and you get a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff. And uh, It's nice to us to have a format that we can kind of expand a little bit beyond what goes on over the air. When we come back, we're going to hear from Denzel Ward, we're going to hear from Miles Garrett, and we're going to hear from David Njoku, plus your mailbag questions straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Okay, so it was a little bit of a, a it, and I want to ask you this question before we move on to the players. What was Kevin's, like, demeanor like? Because all, I, I mean, I heard what he was saying, but I didn't see his body language. So I was just curious, what was he like in the press conference today? Um, Pretty much the same. Not a scintilla. What you heard is what he looked like. Not okay. as I mean, I know what he looks like normally. But... It's just another Monday following uh, another loss. <laughs> like, uh, Dude, Andy, we're just looking to go one and know this week. Okay. Uh, I'm not here for your Joe Woods questions. I'm not here for your fire Mike Prefer parade. We're just no. trying to go one and know this week. That's where our focus is. I'm not we're really focused. Float. I'm not really focused about how pissed the Haslam's are right now because I have all this talent and can't win any games. We're just trying to go one and know this week. Okay. We got a very talented. Tampa Bay Buccaneer team coming to town with Hall of Famer Tom Brady that is probably going to throw for 600 yards against my shitty defense, and there we go. Like, that. that's pretty much what... You missed two things. You missed two, you missed two very important things about it. He would say, um, you know, our defensive backs are working hard in the defensive back room, oh, yeah. and, you know, once we see Tom Brady... Uh, Tom Brady Tom Grady would be would be interesting too because I think we'd have a better chance against Tom Grady, but uh, against Tom Brady, it's just going to be nice to see him get out on the grass and you know, really show what he can do out on the grass in our <laughs> oh, rooms. We're we're praying to God he doesn't have a career day against us. That's what we're I mean, and, and look, the Buccaneers have their own issues, which we'll get into yes. in our uh, our preview podcast later in the week. Uh they they come to town with problems of their own. But um as we've talked about, the Browns are the Pepto Bismol for the NFL. So yeah. So there were some snarky comments after the game on Sunday, and I can't remember if we even got to those or not, but you know, one about uh, not knowing the plays and the other about not practicing <laughs> takeaways, Yeah, um, both which would lead fans to think, what the hell is going on with this team? So let's start with Miles Garrett, who, by the way, did you see the picture of him at the end of the game where he was uh, yeah. the only one on the bench? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because oh, you know what man. he's you know what he's seeing? He's seeing the prime of his year being uh, prime of his career being pissed away by the Cleveland Browns. That's what he's saying right now. So here's Miles Garrett talking about that very subject. We got to make sure that you know, we don't waste the talent that we have in this prime right now. We got to do our best with it. And uh, there's seven more games that we can use the talent that we have uh, all over the field and, and make the most out of it. We have a lot of still have a lot of opportunities left to keep on fighting and put ourselves in position and to to go to the playoffs. You know, it's not as much in our hands as we'd want it to be, but it's, it's definitely not out of the conversation yet. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know the rule of the show that we don't talk about anything after week 18. That is correct. There's no use using the P word, but that's okay. We can beep but it they out. They do have seven week. unique opportunities ahead of Ah, uh, yes. They have seven unique ways to lose remaining on the schedule. <sighs> He's I don't call them opportunities. I call them ways to lose. <laughs> Daryl, 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 Daryl. What else did Miles say? Anything else? <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't know. I, it's one week at a time for me right uh, now. I, I'm just, I'm totally on Kevin's. 
I'm you're on just, Kevin's side. You know what? Though. You're just trying to go one and zero on this podcast. Every I am week. just trying to go. No, actually, I'm just trying to go one of three in this segment. That's what I'm feeling like right now. I just feel like Daryl. If we can get to the end of the segment and get to the mailbag, then clearly we've accomplished things in our room. I've had a chance to talk to some of the other people in this room, and we've broken out, and we really feel like we have a good game plan. And I'm really, I believe in our 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 guys in this room because I believe we can go full 10 minutes without coughing. Uh, okay, here we go. Here, here's Miles Garrett trying to talk himself into thinking that the, the Browns might actually be worth watching the final seven weeks of the season. Keep on pushing. You know, still seven more games and things like this move our destiny out of our hands, but got to keep on, keep on fighting, keep on going forward and getting that win column. We're not out of it. Yeah, yeah, you are, Miles. You're out of it. You're four games behind the Ravens, and you don't have the tiebreaker with them. You're also three games behind the Bengals. You do have the tiebreaker with them, but you don't have the tiebreaker with the rest of the AFC because you've lost not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six games against the AFC. And that is why you are out of it, believe it or not. So uh, he hasn't really come to terms with that, and I understand because, again, He's got seven more Sundays that he has to show up for work for. Uh, David Njoku, though, uh, he spoke uh, today, uh, the, the the day after, and um, he uh, was pretty candid as far as what he had to say about uh, other people and how they aren't exactly feeling uh, too sorry for uh, the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, things just, you know, tend to not go our way. And it is what it is. You know, I, I, I feel no sympathy for myself or anybody here. You know, we have to do our job and we have, we have to execute at, at a higher level. And it's very, it's, it's that simple. We're all here for a reason, for a purpose. And it's up to us to figure it out. No one got us here in this position besides ourselves. And we're a team. With that being said, it falls on all of us. You know, not just one person or say, you know, we, you got like a leader. X, y. We're all a team and we all got to do this together. So I got no sympathy for us. You know, this it is what it is. We got to just work our way out of this hole. I do believe David Njoku said it is what it is like 50 times during his. But he did put it on them. You know, <laughs> he did put it on the team, which I, I respect him for yeah, saying that. You know, you were talking about how you respect him. He's a, he, the, who are you going to point a finger at? I mean. We got guys talking about not knowing the plays right now, right? <laughs> we, 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 guys don't know the plays. Um, and, and all you have to do is watch the Browns defense to really see they actually don't know what the hell they're supposed to be doing. Daryl, uh, th there was a point that I brought up today that I thought was a good point, that on special teams yesterday, they had an inside kick that didn't make it 10 yards. Seven and yards. I had I counted. I, seven yards. So I said that on the air today because you brought it up. And... I said it on the air and some clown came after me, like slid into my DMs on IG. And he's like, you know, the ball, if it goes seven yards and touches the other team, then we're allowed to get it there. I'm like, yeah, that's the way you should practice an onside kick. Give yourself the least amount of chances possible. You can't get it. In the, I mean, it, it's got to go 10 or you're going to have to bank it off somebody's helmet and hope that it comes back to you like a pinball. I, it's like just like sometimes I just listen to people and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Give me a break. See, Andy, this is why we don't take calls on this podcast. So we, we should take calls on this. I would like love that. to take calls on this on this podcast. Can we do that? Are we, no. are we capable? No, of we may not. I don't care if I have the technology here in the home studio or not. We are not taking calls on Wait, this. are you trying to say you do have the technology in your home studio? 
I can I can neither confirm nor deny uh, those type of capabilities. But wait, can we uh, call people during I, the show? I, I I will say we're not taking calls from people during this podcast. That's why we have the mailbag section, which is coming up uh, next. Um, Jared, uh, one why don't you more give here. Like your cell phone number. We'll just hold your cell phone yeah, up to no, the microphone. That, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, oh, uh, here's David Njoku. Uh, he was asked today about feeling like crap because they are, well, their season is shot before Deshaun Watson comes back. Seven games left. Yeah, no, it's a lot of football to be played. You know what I'm saying? Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way like your the tone was, it was like the season's over already and it's far from over. We have fighters on this team and we're not just going to turn our backs up for anybody. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. We, our main focus right now is the Buccaneers this week and that's that's what it is. Next week is whoever we got next week. I just have to interrupt him real quick. The only thing you're playing for right now, David Njoku, is to give the Houston Texans the worst possible draft pick he can. Now back to you. And it's just that simple. I'll be damned to see, you know, anybody just be like, okay, well, that's it. Like, nah, not here, not right now. So. This one hurts. This game hurts. You know, we had the potential to, to do what. To, By the way, it hurt all of us too. To win, and we didn't. So obviously it hurts, but this season's far from over. Yeah, it is. We're not just going to give up for anybody. I'm not asking you to give up, but it's over. <laughs> the dream is dead. Who it, said it, it was over? It, it does. Did someone asked Bluto to come in here and give these guys a. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Germans? Germans. Don't stop him. He's on a roll. Okay, go ahead. That's exactly what that speech was. That was straight out of Animal House. One of my favorite. Yeah, the Delta. What were they? Just the straight Deltas. They were the Delta. Delta something, weren't they? I can't remember. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lambda Delta Delta or something. <laughs> Delta Delta Lambda. <laughs> Such a Delta Delta, Delta Delta was Revenge of the Nerds. Ah, oh, that. Yeah, I look. I knew it was one of the deltas. Okay, they're just they're delta, delta, delta. Can so many Greek delta. letters, so hard to keep track of them all. Um, hey, uh, Joe Woods. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you want to hear what Denzel Ward had to say for Joe Woods today? Uh, should we hear it now, or you want to hear it in the next segment? Uh, I say we hear it now. Let's get it over. Go for it. Go. Go. I feel it's the same defense as last year, and I, I feel we did well last year. And um, I mean, it's a good defense. I say we just gotta get everybody on the same page and buy into it and uh, find a way to get our jobs done and execute. So I don't think it's too much, though. By the way, this is year three of the same defense. You know, if this was nine-man football, if this was nine-man football and we didn't need an interior defensive line, I think we'd be pretty good. Or if the Browns only played one quarter, they'd be undefeated this year, I think. Yeah, I think well, Joe's a great D coordinator. We're all in this together, and I feel like it's, it takes all of it. It's not, it's not just if something happens out there. It's not just Joe. He didn't just call a bad call, or it's one guy just mess up. I mean, we get, we're all in this together, so everyone makes mistakes here and there, whether that's a bad call or a bad play or give up a play. I mean, those guys are good on the other side of the ball as well, so we just got to try to find a way to put it all together and try to find a way to get a win. I've heard that all before. I get it. I don't think he's wrong. I think he's right. It's just... You got to make some adjustments, man. You got to make a stop when you, you know, if the game was on the line, can the Browns make a stop? And they have not proved all season that they can. All I know is the core of the defense is still here. It's year three. And you got people looking at each other like they don't know what they're doing. They literally will call timeouts to get stuff straightened out and still give up touchdowns on the ensuing snap. I, I just, I got nothing. It's a communication problem, Daryl. It's a communication problem. Remember, communication is the business, not the policy. Thank you very much. That is true. Let's come back, Daryl, in just a moment. And we will, speaking of communicating, you have the opportunity to communicate with us through two forms of social media. 
one known as Instagram, the other known as Twitter, which is still alive as of 940 on the 21st. Just to let you know that. And you've reached out and you've asked questions to us at Game Day CLE. What are the answers? Oh, 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 oh. they are straight ahead. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. And it is time to go to the mailbag. Yep. What do you got, Daryl? So uh, I just uh, said, you know, hit us up on uh, tw- on the uh, the old Twitter here if you got some Browns questions. And the first one comes from Pete Ocho Quattro. Why? <laughs> oh, wait, if it's is it Ocho Quattro? Was he asking why or was it just the, the question is he... why? Why oh, it was wasn't e. it's why exclamation question, exclamation question, exclamation question. OK. That's it. You know, that's a good question. I ask myself that every day when I roll out of bed. I say to myself, why? And then uh, I continue ne- to move on. The next is that, was question- this a deep thinking question or is this no. a Browns question? No, we could just move on. Um, okay. Daryl, why? Because um, this is what we get paid to do. Um, from Dr. We use that Jamie term very Jake. loosely. Yes. What was the question? Sorry. Uh, is next year playoff or fired for Stefanski and Andrew Barry? Uh, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. This year might be fired for Stefanski and Andrew Barry. If this doesn't work out with Deshaun and you don't see some sort of improvement between now and the end of the season, the seat gets very, very hot. And we know how hot it can get here in Cleveland. So, because it's always hot in Cleveland and it's always game day in Cleveland too. But the, the thing is, is that if they don't show any progress here the last couple of weeks, that's bad news for everybody involved. I'm sorry. I I mean, you might think that this is just a trial balloon, but it's still the NFL. Mm-hmm. It is the NFL, man, and it doesn't matter. You could be the greatest coach on earth and end up getting fired. Let's not forget Art Modell fired Bill Belichick once they moved to Baltimore. So you, this is all about results, and Kevin's going to be put to the test when Deshaun gets here. I agree with you. Uh, my prediction – is that Stefanski and Barry survive. They get that fourth year to get this thing right because they can do the whole Deshaun thing, right? But Joe Woods and Mike Preford do not survive. They become the sacrificial lamb. Um, uh, At BrickWall4 on Twitter asks, why should I care about the Browns? Because they're from Cleveland? That's all I got right now. Okay, Because you're a lifelong Browns fan and that your parents or somebody in your life put it in your DNA and you still want to root for this team and you want to be there when they actually do win somewhere down the road and you can always go back and you can go, hi, um, thanks. I'm, I'm so glad I got through. First time caller. You know, I was a Browns fan back in 2022 and 2021. And I remember those miserable years where we won one game in two seasons. I remember those two. And boy, I got to tell you, this team we have right now is awesome. And I've and so that's my resume. I was there when the Browns suck, and everyone wants to have that on their resume. All right, there you go. Uh, this one's for me. I'll answer it. This is from R Slush ninety one. He said to me, "When are you going to ask Kevin Stefanski the questions in person, like you propose on Twitter?" He screenshotted a tweet of mine uh, about Cade York's thirty four yard blocked field goal by the Bills, and I uh, had tweeted, "Why does Mike Prefer still have a job?" Seriously, okay, well. I'm only allowed to ask about firing one guy per session. I only get two questions. I had, and the two questions that I used on Monday were one about Joe Woods, 
and the fact that they gave up a touchdown coming out of a timeout. And how does that guy still have a job after something like that happens? And then also uh, I asked about, uh, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, uh, what exactly Paul DePodesta currently does uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So uh, I, I, Mike Prefer is on the to hit list. Also, my colleagues have also asked about firing Mike Prefer too. So we try not to, 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 to double up. Um, another one here. Um, this is from uh, Logical Man. Oh, good. Um, he's one of those that has like a lot of numbers in his thing. At James. is he the friend of? Is he a friend of the podcast yet? He he might be. Uh, okay, I let's don't see know. what the question is. When might make him a friend of the podcast? I'll have to come up with some kind of. Why question. does nobody give Andrew Barry and the Haslam's the blame for everything that is wrong? How's that for a sound effect? You Not have to bad. pay any rights fees for that. Thank you. You want to answer that? Uh, I would say that I, um, I I don't think I can give the Haslam's much blame right now because they they they're letting these guys do their thing here. Uh, now Barry, look, I've been critical of Barry. Hell, uh, on the afternoon show uh, on Monday, I I pulled up Andrew Barry's draft class and I read them all. I read every player that Andrew Barry has drafted, so I do feel like I've been fair but critical of Barry because well. I mean, his two biggest contributions, and I don't want to downplay them because they're big, and they came via trade, not the draft, Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. He absolutely stole Amari Cooper from the Cowboys and then basically gave up any opportunity really to fix this team in the draft for the next three years to get Deshaun Watson and uh, you know finally have that franchise quarterback. So I think I've been pretty critical of, of Andrew Barry, and I have not given Barry a free pass uh, as uh, – uh, you might suggest their logical man. You know what I would have liked to have been in the room for when they decided to trade for Deshaun Watson. I would like to have seen what Paul D. Podesta's answer was on that. Well, like does he um, fit the Paul D. Podesta mode? I, I think his stats do. Yeah. From an well, analytical standpoint, I do think he he makes he, sense. Remember, it's just everything else that goes around. When you have a franchise quarterback, there's no price too big for that. Well, that's true too. And don't remember, forget he that said, we were. I mean, I'm paraphrasing there, but that was similar to his answer was. What you know, getting that franchise quarterback, you, you do have to pay a premium. And if you have that guy, which they believe Deshaun Watson is that guy, then you obviously feel uh, pretty good about that. Um, the, hang is, on one second, but I, I just want to go back and make one more okay. point. Listen, the best analytical move this team has ever made was the guy with the brown bag of Mogan David and turned to Jimmy Haslam and says, You got, you know, you got to get that Johnny Manziel. That's a good call. Okay, next. Sorry. Ah, the infamous homeless guy story. Um, all right, uh, two more here. Uh, this one is from BDSCHORR uh, on Twitter. Um, has anything really changed? And he quote tweeted a, uh, he posted a, uh, a, a story from way back in the day from uh, talking about uh, Jimmy Haslam mentioning that we're going to build the Browns the right way. Uh, Here's the it, one thing I, I, Jimmy I think Haslam, changed. Sashi Brown, and Hugh Jackson in the photo, too. <laughs> oh, that's... Ah, the good old days, Andy. The good uh, old days. The, the triumphant. Uh, we had used to have the triangle. We used to go inside hey, the triangle. you know what? One and 31 got them. Two number one picks and six total first-round picks, if you think about it. All that wheeling and dealing. That's what they ended up with. What's three and 14 going to get you? And 14 is going to get you a lot of rebuilding. It's going to get Houston a very, very nice pick. 
Well, right now, it's the, very, uh, the drafts were held today. Hang on, because I, ha- I have six. It. I think it's six. I, I believe it is six. Like I, I am making it a point now every Sunday night to tweet out uh, the, uh, the the draft position uh, of the Browns pick. And yes, if the draft were today, Cleveland would be sending the sixth overall pick to the Houston Texans. So congratulations, Houston. Uh, our last, last question. Our last question. Uh, this comes uh, from N- at MWBER68 on Twitter. Does anybody have a name anymore? Weber, well, it's his handle or his use his whatever in his name field. He put Weber underscore MD. So oh, maybe he's doctor. a doctor. Maybe Weber. he's, maybe he's Dr. a doctor. Weber if you're in Utah. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, I believe he's in uh, uh, South Carolina. But uh, he says after three years and, quote, his players, end quote, how in God's name is Joe Wood's defense so bad? Is the scheme just not fit for the NFL? Are these guys not understanding it? Is that the other question that comes out of it? Like, could Joe Woods be right and all these players not understand the scheme? Is it too hard for them to understand? Or 100%. are they just not capable of understanding the plays? I, I, I Look, I think it's – I think it's a shared responsibility for as hard as I've been on Joe Woods, as hard as I've been on Kevin Stefanski. Um, I, I, I think both things can be true. I, I think that the scheme can be good. I think Joe Woods can be good and the players aren't doing what's asked of them as well, or the players are confused about what's being asked of them. But again, this is year three. They should have a lot of this stuff down. Um, and I, I just, I, I, I don't, the young player nonsense. I don't want to hear it. Guardians made the playoffs with the youngest team, youngest team in Major League Baseball. The Cavaliers are young, and they're one of the up and coming teams in, in the NBA. Like I just, I don't want to hear youth. The whole reason you're in the NFL is because you're young and fresh out of college, right? You you were a star in college. You impressed during the the off season uh, uh, evaluation process, uh, and, and the Browns selected you in the draft. Like that, that's why you're here. So I, I just, I don't want to hear the youth thing and. And that, so I think both things can be true, Andy. I, I I really do. I still think Joe Wood should be fired because his his unit is the one that's not performing. Um, but that does not mean that I think Joe Woods is an idiot or is a bad person or you know it's just what he it's his, not working. Yeah, his he's not doing his job. His his job is a suit, right? Similar to a business, right? Your supervisor or yep. your manager is running your business, but the revenue isn't what it's supposed to be, or the tasks aren't getting checked off that are supposed to be done. And the, and the, the employees are not being managed efficiently or effectively, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, what are you going to do as an owner or a, a, a a GM or, you know, whatever, an executive of that business, you're probably going to fire the manager. Right. And it's the same. Now that doesn't mean that that person, again, doesn't mean that they're a terrible person or that they they're stupid or anything like that. It's just, it's not working out. It happens. And what's interesting though, is in the span of, I don't know what, five, six months, Joe Woods went from a potential hot head coaching candidate to now he's, he's probably, he's probably going to have to go be a position coach somewhere to kind of rehab the whole defensive coordinator problems that he had here. So um, things change in the NFL, but yeah, I, I think both things can be true. To be fair to Joe, to be fair to Kevin, you know, and again, my my I don't want to say beef, but my criticism of Kevin is like the offense is great, but your job is the complete picture. 
agree with that. Yep. that you know, that's that, the, that's that, where we're struggling right now. Right. I mean, the complete picture is not good. Two of three phases are not doing well. The one phase in which he has expertise, the offense, right? That's where his coaching roots come from. That's doing fine. Jacoby Brissett's playing above, right? You know, they somehow found a way to win eight games last year with a broken Baker Mayfield, uh, who they kicked to the curb this offseason. And that decision's kind of validated a little bit by what's happened in Carolina. But uh, he's in charge of the defense. He's in charge of special teams, and it's not happening. So I do think that both things can kind of be true there. Daryl, before we go, I want to fire off five quick Thanksgiving questions for you. You want them? Okay. You're not going to ask me to, to scream gobble, gobble like the afternoon. No, not speech. at all. Not okay. at all. I just want to, I want to go inside the mind of Daryl Ryder. Oh, uh, well, I have questions. In the demented space that uh, resides yes. there. <laughs> I have not written, I have not, these are all questions off the top of my head. Ready? Okay. Thanksgiving should be a home event or an away event? Home. You should eat at home. Okay. Two, cranberries, good or bad? Good. Love turkey, over, turkey, overrated or underrated? Overrated. Or no, I'm sorry. It goes overrated. <laughs> overrated. Did I do that right? Is that how they? That do was it? very good. Okay. Um, best dessert for Thanksgiving? Pumpkin pie. Last question: with, Is with it appropriate? What with 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 whipped cream. ice cream? Whipped well, cream. cream. Okay. Last Thanksgiving question for you. Is it appropriate or inappropriate when eating too much turkey and too much food on Thanksgiving to plop down on the couch, unbutton your top button on your pants, and unbuckle your pants? Are True or false? That in is room? inappropriate. There's women in the room. It'd be inappropriate. I what, I what you should do is go to a room and change your pants to a bigger pair. Fair enough. That's a good outside-of-the-box answer. That's why you are Daryl Ryder. Thank you. These are problems I don't have, but (laughs) you weigh like four pounds. That's the problem. Daryl, thank you. Have a good Thanksgiving, my friend. uh, Same to you. We'll be, uh, we got one more of these to do before Turkey day. Oh, we do. I do do have a Thanksgiving question for you. Okay. White meat, dark meat, white meat. That's it. Yep. You know, my mom does turkey now because I, I, I detest Turkey. It's always like, I'm not a big fan either. It's 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 always dry and I and I have to like, you know, I have to chug gravy as I'm trying. I'm not a big gravy fan either. So you know what the best thing in Thanksgiving is? I'm going to give it to you right now, and then we're going to end the show. There's nothing better than mashed potatoes mm, with a sweet big thing of butter in the middle of it. That's good too. But you know what my mom does with the turkey now that I absolutely love, and it's the best turkey I've ever had. What is it? Pressure cooks it. Ooh. It, I think it, we're doing it, one deep fry this year for the first yeah, time. Yeah, she's she's got a little uh, uh, little pressure cooker, puts that thing in. It's done in like an hour, and it's not dry. And even better, on day two, the meat is even hmm. better on day two. All right, Daryl. Uh, hopefully you. Oh, uh, that's true. I, well, you talk about pressure. The question is: Is it? Vanilla Ice or David Bowie and Queen? Is it dun 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 dun, dun or dun 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 dun? Oh, oh, Vanilla Ice totally sampled David Bowie and Queen. And no, I, and he I, said he said I don't know if you remember it was I know, Vanilla, I know. Uh, Bowie and and Queen were like dun 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 dun. 
dun, 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 yeah, dun. It, it's, it's That's the end of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We've hit rock bottom. Meredith Kane is our outstanding producer. Thank you so much for doing all you do for this show. We're back again. When's it, when are we back again? What day is uh, it? Some, what day is. We'll be back before Monday. Turkey Day. And we'll try not Tuesday, to get the indigestion. We, yeah. Okay, good. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to Sarah. Subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you. We'll talk to you later.